Amen. Yes. Great. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Pastor Reg Taves, the transitional lead pastor here at Forest Grove Community Church. Welcome to Attridge. Welcome online. It's great to be together this morning. What a great song we just sang. It's Christ in us. And so as we begin to study the scripture together this morning, my hope and prayer for you is that 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 line would just resonate. It's Christ in us. It's Christ in me. It's Christ in me. As we talk about what does it mean as we go through our series on the Lord's Prayer and we look today at lead us not into temptation. Do you you have temptations? I do. I'm sure you all do. Uh, The temptation might be I need to buy one more motorcycle. Uh, The temptation might be I have expectations for Father's Day that I expect to be met. I don't know about you, but there's often my Father's Day have been like, this was not what I was expecting. In our home, uh, being a pastor is not always great, right? Like, you've got to get up. So, you know, I did not get breakfast in bed. Not that I would have wanted it, but I didn't get breakfast because I was the first one up. I needed to be, you know, doing things and so on. I'm having trouble with this microphone, right? Let's just hang on a sec. Let's just do something else. Let's go to this one. Sam? Okay, let's go to this one for now. Not sure what's going on there. Uh, But all all kinds of temptations. The other thing that happens in our home, at least, uh, is that we are the ones who host all the events. Now, not that that's a bad thing, but it means that there are expectations of me. And one of those is that I would do the cooking on Father's Day. I have to tell you, that is not my favorite thing to do. You know, I get up, I preach on Father's Day, I come home, and it's like, and by the way, there's the barbecue, go nuts. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. So I deal with my expectations, but the temptation is for me to be a little bitter, uh, be a little frustrated. Uh, so there, is temp- there are temptations Uh, that we all have. Temptation is this. I want to give you this as a quote. Temptation is the desire to provide for myself by any means what God wants to provide to me. To provide for myself. And sometimes it means that we actually, we don't provide and so then we have a little pity party. And that actually isn't great for us either. So this morning we're looking at lead us and, and lead us not into temptation. Now, I want to tell you that the Lord's Prayer needs to stand together, and there's so many parts of this, and next Sunday I'm going to try to wrap it all up and do uh, deliver us from evil at the same time. But to look at this whole thing, so we're looking at pieces of it. I'd be really curious for someone, or maybe myself, to look at all the messages and put them all together. Because they really all stand together. They, they are connected to each other. And we're sort of doing them in a disconnected way, which does a bit of a disservice, but it allows us to go deeper into each of these statements. So let's stand together and recite the Lord's Prayer as it comes up on the screen for us. And remember that this stands as one. All of these pieces guide us as we read these together. So let's, let's read this together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Pray with me. Lord, as we have said those words, may they become real in our lives. You are our Father, our Father in heaven. We turn and we face you today. We invite your presence, which is here, to speak to us as we look into your word, your word that is living and active for us today. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, as we look at this, lead us not into temptation, there are quite a number of scriptures that actually guide us into understanding and learning what does this actually mean. So we're going to look at this idea of temptation this morning, and we're going to, I'm going to look at it actually a secondary scripture that talks of this, but you could go to a number of different places, and I want you to know that one of the things that I really have appreciated over the last while uh, here at Forest Grove is that we have a preaching team, so all three of our sites gather together uh, with a number of teaching leaders, and we actually go through texts, these texts together, and we help each other learn and grow. And so this morning, I give a shout out to Chandra, because she and I did this text together, and she came up with some really good ideas, and you're going to hear some of them this morning, uh, coming from my lips, but from, she shared them. So, and then I, I took them and made them my own. But one of the texts that I want you to look at this morning, and we want to look at together, is Matthew chapter 4, Verses 1 to 11. So if you have a Bible or an app, if you would turn there. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. And I'm going to read this text for us. It's going to come up on the screen. I don't often do this, but I really want you to look at the text yourself. Whether it's in your app or whether it's... Because I know then that you can find it again. If something comes up and you're going, what did, what did Pastor Reg actually say? Okay, I can go back and find that text. Or if you have your Bible, that's even, in some ways I would say that's even better, but then maybe I'm a bit too old school. Uh, you can take notes in your app as well. So let's take a look at this text together. The temptation of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Let me read it for us. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. Lead us not 
into temptation. Jesus went out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Well, let's ask that basic question that's probably burning, and that is, can God lead us into temptation? Can God tempt us? Well, in James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So that answers that the question, can God tempt us? But you might say, but what about the text that we're looking at in Matthew chapter 4? Well, if you look at James, and we don't have time to get into it, but take a look at James chapter 1, and it talks about trials. Trials and temptations. Trials are those things that can lead to temptations. Trials come to develop our character. You know, you and I might think of trials as unfair. And yet, without resistance, without some kind of pushing back and forth, we actually will never grow. When I think of a child, I love doing these child dedications, families, bringing your kids, but as I think of children and them learning, you know, their learning isn't always very easy. You know, one of the things that's the most difficult is they can't talk. So, so they don't know how to communicate. So well, they do know how to communicate because they scream and they cry and they make a lot of noise. But they can't say, I am thirsty. I am hungry. I have a dirty diaper. So how do they say? They just do the same thing. It's all, I'm uncomfortable. And they tell you all about it and you have to figure it out. But you know what? Kids will never grow unless they go through those hardships. Well, a child learning to walk, guess what they do? They don't start by, well, they stand up one day and take a, take a walk down the block. No, they take one step and fall down. And often they'll bump their head or they'll hurt themselves and they'll cry and you'll comfort them. And guess what? They get up and they try again. Trials. And we think as adults, oh, all those trials should go away. They should just be gone. And that's actually not what Scripture teaches. Scripture says there will be trials. Uh, one of the things that we've bought into is life should be easy. And the truth of the matter is, life is hard. And it just is. It's hard. Life is hard. And I think if we come to that and go, so then how are we going to deal with the difficulties of life? I think that's a start in the right direction for us. So we think about trials, they come to develop our character. That's what scripture teaches. Trials come and they help us to develop our character. When you think about physical training, you, physical resistance training builds muscle. So resistance in our life actually helps us to build godly character when we put Christ first. I want to also say when we talk about temptation, this is really important, temptation is not sin. Trials, just because we have trials, doesn't mean that we're sinning. Just because we have thoughts doesn't necessarily mean that we're sinning. It's when we dwell on those and then move into action that it becomes sin. And again, you can go to James chapter 1 and do some reading there. You can read through the, this is, the, the, the Lord's Prayer is the, near the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Go read through the Sermon on the Mount. It will show you, you know, the idea of, it's not just your thoughts, it's your thoughts that continue on. 
So let's focus in now on this passage in Matthew chapter 4. And let's look at those three temptations and just take a few minutes this morning to look at what those temptations were for Jesus and then maybe what those temptations, I wouldn't say maybe, these are the kinds of temptations that we're going to struggle with in this life. The first one is the temptation to give our bodies what they crave. We're tempted by what our bodies crave. We trust in our own ways to provide for ourselves. We might even do something like take credit for our own abilities to provide. So I, I love to say, thank you, God, for the gifts and abilities that you've given me. Thank you for health. Thank you for everything that I have. For every breath that I have, I recognize comes from God. It's a gift. And yet often I live out of that expectation. This is who I am. This is what I have to give. And so we crave the things that we can do. I might also want to, or I think about what I want rather than what I need. In our society today, uh, in North America, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, many of us don't have a lot of real needs. We have a lot of wants. Uh, most of us have enough food to eat. We have a place, we have a roof over our head. We can get around, for the most part. It's not everybody. But sometimes we think that is absolutely normal, and so this is what I expect. And when those things don't happen, we're tempted to go in a different direction. One of the things that I, I find helpful, and I don't do enough, but I want to encourage us actually this week, to consider, is fasting. So if you've been doing our 40 days of prayer, uh, this Monday you will get a, an email that will encourage you to take some time this week to pray, but also to take some time to fast. Now why is fasting important? Now Jesus, it says in this text, fasted for 40 days. I'm not asking you to fast for 40 days. There are some people who have. I know people who have. It's been a wonderful spiritual experience. Uh, I'm not sure I could do it, but one of the things that I find when I have been fasting is it puts in the front of me how deeply I meet my physical needs. Like I'm just put, like I'm hungry. There's got to be something in the fridge. You know, you go to the temptation, the fridge is called your tempt tempter. You go there, you open the door, oh, there's got to be something to eat in here. Right? So we're looking for how do we meet a need, not that we shouldn't eat, we should, but when I have fasted, and I'm hoping when you fast, it actually helps us understand our deep need for things and how we can then turn toward God for him to meet our needs. Not just our, so I'm not talking about our food needs, but when we don't eat and we fast, we actually take that time and that energy to spend time with God. To, to sit quietly with him, to wait on him. And then when we have an urge like, oh man, my stomach's growling, or I feel really hungry, we actually turn toward God and not toward food. In that moment, not, not forever, but in that moment, just to say, God, I want to actually learn to depend on you because you're going to provide for me. So I want to encourage us, if you're, you've been part of this, or if you, this week you want to jump in to our 40 days of prayer, I want to encourage you to at least take one meal, and fast. Now, we do, there can be other fasts. You could fast from your phone. Uh, 
from your social media. You can, but I'm going to say, no, you know what? I think you should try the physical fast. And that is, if you can, I mean, some of you have uh, other physical concerns that you can't do this. But if you can, miss a meal, just one. And, and then listen to what your body tells you about your heart. Your body's going to say, I need to eat. I should go get something. And you're going to say, uh, no, I'm going to choose not to do that. And I'm going to turn toward God instead. So I want to encourage you to do that. Because uh, that what it does for me is that it helps me ask this question. Do I hunger after Jesus in the same way as I desire food? Do I hunger after Jesus in the same way as I desire food? Let me give you an insight into Reg. One of my deepest weaknesses around food is potato chips. Just, just so you know, that's my temptation. Go to the store. Oh, I do not want to go down that aisle. But it draws me. It wants me to go down that aisle. And it's like, nope, I'm skipping that aisle if I'm going to be strong. I'm tempted. It's when I grab the bag of chips, go to the counter, pay for it, and then go home and eat it. That's a problem. Everything in moderation, right? So the temptation about my personal craving. The second temptation we see of Jesus in verses 5 to 7 of Matthew 4 is to be tempted by accomplishments. Look what I can do. Satan goes to Jesus and says, you know, you can do anything, you know. God will look after you. I find it so interesting in looking at this. When, when the devil talks to Jesus, he says, if. Or he'll say, did God really say? Like, look at the very first temptation in the garden. And it was, did God really say? Like, it would be, God, you know, Satan might say, but God just really wants you to be happy. Does it say that in Scripture? Now, I'm, saying, I'm not saying God wants you to be sad, but he wants us to be fulfilled. He wants us to have a full life. But it doesn't say he wants us to be happy. And I think a lie of Satan is to say, well, we should all just be happy. One of the things that I've noticed that I did quite often, and I needed to change my language, was when I met my kids coming out of kids' ministry, I would say to things like, so did you have a good time? And I realized, oh, wrong question. And so I drove them crazy by saying, what did you learn? What, did, what, what, what was it that you learned today? What did you experience? So Jesus was, uh, in this instance, was tempted by saying to, 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 oh yeah, okay, God will rescue me. I'll, I'll just go ahead and do this. But for us, we can be tempted by our accomplishments. We focus on getting to a certain place in life. We have expectations and we need to learn to manage our expectations. And maybe one of those is seeking the accolades of other people. Looking for that kind of feedback. While doing Freedom Session, we ask um, the participants, and this was me, to take a list of potential defects of character to people who know us well, asking them to tell us which of these I might have. Can you imagine? Is that a scary thought? Here's a list of potential character defects I might have. Would you like to tell me which ones I have? So I do it with your spouse. It may be a very quiet day. 
Go with the right attitude. Uh, but I went to a friend of mine, and I said, Here, here's this. This is one of the things that I'm supposed to do as part of this program. And he looked at it, and he said, Yeah, you know what? You have a problem with pride. And I went, Huh? No way. And then I said, Help me understand that. And he did. And I had to wrestle with what he had to say. And now that I'm aware that I have a problem with pride and what it looks like to others, I can look for places when I'm tempted by it. And I can turn to Jesus and say, God, help me in this instance. This is not what I want to be. This is not where I want to go. So, tempted by accomplishments. Thirdly, we can be tempted by power, status, and ownership. Verses 8 to 10, Satan again goes to Jesus and he says, you know, I'll give you everything you want. I'll give you this whole world. I don't, know, I don't even think that the devil actually could give it to him, but he said he could. So I'll give you everything. And Jesus uses God's word in every instance in response to Satan's temptation. So this temptation for us could be getting to places of power by taking shortcuts. Seeking my own kingdom rather than God's. Thinking of what I deserve. Entitlement is not for just certain generations. I believe entitlement is something that every single human being struggles with. I deserve. I deserve. I should have. Even in uh, my life, uh, I found I struggle with this is what I should have. As you may or may not know, my my wife Brenda has multiple sclerosis, and so that means there are some things that she can't do that we used to love to do. We used to do a lot of hiking, walking, a lot of activity together, and she's just not able to do that. So there was a loss of what we could do together. And I'll be honest with you, there were times I was very angry with God. I was frustrated. I was living with entitlement. I was living with expectations. And I had to come to the place of dealing with my own entitlement. And it didn't, doesn't mean that I didn't grieve the losses. I did and I do. But it means that I needed to deal with what do I deserve. So, how do we handle temptation? Jesus' life was given, his life was given for our victory over sin and temptation. A lot of the songs we sang this morning talked about victory that comes in Christ and, you know, through Christ. And yet, for some of us, and many of us, probably, maybe even all of us, there is some besetting sin, there's some temptation that's part of our life. And you're like, I don't have victory over that. And this morning, I want us to talk about how do we handle temptation? What does God teach us about handling temptation as we look into the future? Because God wants us to have victory. Victory is available to us. And it doesn't mean we should have a downer when we struggle and sin. I read through the Old Testament and go, I, you know what? I'm not as bad as King David. And yet King David was a man after God's own heart. And boy, did he ever do some crazy stuff. Like just, I mean, crazy stuff. And yet God said, he's a man after my own heart. So what, how do we deal with temptation? Let me give you this verse. This is one I've memorized, I say often. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It's a great one to memorize. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. 
And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Here's some things I want you to pick up from this passage as we close. You are not alone. That is the number one lie of Satan. This is, I'm the only one who struggles with this sin or struggles with this temptation. That is a lie of the devil. Look at what this text says. Accept what is common to mankind. We are in this together. I'm reading a book um, right now called Divine Sex, and it's unpacking a lot of what our culture thinks, and we have become so individualistic that we actually don't walk and live life together in our journey. And I really appreciate what we say in child dedication when we say we actually need each other to help raise our kids and to walk together and to figure out how we're going to parent together. But often we don't ask for help. We don't look around and say, I need help. We think I'll just do it on my own or I'll go get a book or I'll listen to a podcast or something. And yet we should be reaching out to each other. And that's the same way that we deal with temptation. We need each other. We need close friendships where you can go to somebody who's of the, your same gender and go, this is what I'm dealing with. And so often when I've worked with groups of other men, it's like, yep, it's the same thing. So we need to say we need each other. So that's the first thing I want you to know is what you're dealing with is not, you're not alone. There are others there. The second thing I want you to pick up from this passage is God is faithful. He is very present. He is not standing off and aloof. He is actually very close to you and is with you. And we should, we, I, need to learn to call on him in our times of temptation. So it's not waiting until we sin so that we have repentance, but it's actually when we're tempted is when we turn to God and say, God, help me in this moment. Third thing that I, the third thing I would suggest that comes from this passage that I see is that God provides a way out. Now, what, that might, what might that be? I have had, and maybe you have as well, prayed, God, just take this temptation away from me. Sometimes that works. Sometimes God does take the temptation away. More often than not, he provides a different way out. And the way out is maybe not what you and I expect. But I would suggest to you that God uses people in our lives to help us. And so I, I, I know that what I read in this text is God provides a way out. And it's within the community of faith. Ask us to find someone who we can trust. That we can be 100% honest with. Sometimes he does provide a miraculous response, like a release from an addiction. More often, it is a discipline, a character development that happens. Let's close with these thoughts. Now what? Here's a way for you to respond this morning. I want to encourage you to think about, how do I respond to temptations? Let me give you three thoughts. First of all, ask the Spirit of God to show you areas where you are tempted and what is at the root of the temptation. 
What is the temptation? If you go to the discussion questions that are provided for you on our website, that's the first question I ask. What are your temptations? Take some time to think about it. We don't often stop and and do that. What are our temptations that lead us down the wrong path? Secondly, I I would suggest and say, now what? Invite God to show you the way out of your temptation. Maybe you've heard something this morning or you've read something in Scripture this morning it's like, oh, I hadn't considered that. Would you? Would you ask God to show you the way out? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says God will provide a way out. We just have to ask Him for it and then we need to do it. And the breakdown is usually us not willing to do what He's asking. And then finally, the third thing I would suggest as a response is ask God to provide what you need from Him. What do you need from Him that only He can provide, that only He wants to provide? Maybe you're filling that need some other way, but He's saying, no, I actually, I want to do that for you. Would you wait? Would you rest in me? So as, as I said earlier, there's, there's our call to prayer for 40 days. This is the last week. I want to encourage you to be fasting at least one meal this, this week if you could. Leave, leave something behind. Leave some of that food behind. Take time with God in its place. Time to hear and time to speak with Him. This morning as we close, I want to also give you an opportunity after we've, we've sung and we've worshipped a bit more when we've responded through the use of, of music and words. We also want to pray for you. And so there will be people who will come to the front at the end of the service after Pastor Kevin has done our, our um, kind of our church wrap-up. And they want to just pray for you. And maybe this morning you need to be encouraged that you're not alone. And you just come to a prayer team member and say, can you just pray for me that I realize that my temptation is not mine alone, that there's others who are struggling and I need to walk together in community. We want to be here and pray for you, walk with you, encourage you. I'm going to call the worship team to come up at this time and I'm going to pray for us. Father, as we, as we look at these texts the, and lead us not into temptation... We thank you that you don't lead us into temptation. You may bring trials into our life to test us, to help us grow in our character, to walk closer to you, to live in dependence on you. And so, Father, I pray that as we all in this room, every one of us struggles with temptations, Lord, as we admit that, as we say that in our hearts together, we recognize that you're also, you provide the way out. So we thank you that you give us your Holy Spirit. We give, you give us your Son, Jesus. That's where the victory comes from. Jesus, may we look at you. May we focus on who you are. For we pray this for your glory, Jesus. Amen.